If you're looking to start a podcast, the best place to start is Anchor. It's free. The creation tools allow you to record and edit the podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Uh, You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And it's easy to do everything to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Dan, welcome to another week, man. I gotta, I gotta admit something. I'm excited that it's Black History Month and I'm able to have these conversations with you. We don't have many Black movies in general, but, but when we do, I'm, I'm always excited to talk to to yourself or Tavis about these things. Tavis, of course, because he, he, he knows the Black struggle mm-hmm. <laughs> because he's Black. And you, because... You're so white that I think you're so white. It's great to have these conversations with you. All jokes aside, though, as I think about it, we should have we should do trading places because that's about a, a white guy and a black guy trading places. I, in fact, I'm adding it now. Wait, I'm, I'm white. You're it. black. Let's do it. <laughs> I am preemptively adding trading places. Yeah, I think I, I think let's do that. Anyways, guys, this is required watching where we watch the essential films from lists of cinematic influencers and look at them through the lens of learning about filmmaking and how to move forward. I am Trey Epps. I am Danny Taverner. And today we are talking about, listen, we're talking about She's Gotta Have It from 1986. So long ago. I, I thought this was an early... 90s like i just didn't really realize the date and i was like oh this definitely happened in the 90s no 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 it's a a, a mid 80s movie by spike lee starring or written by spike what is it written edited produced directed everything starring yeah with uh, tracy camilla johns tommy redman hicks john canada terrell joy lee is in this movie music is by spike lee's dad if i'm not mistaken oh snap Billy, yeah, bit like Zola, Zola, Nola, darling's dad in the movie is Spike Lee's dad. Oh. He's, so, he's, a guy, he's a guy playing the bass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like listen, we have, a, we have a lot of people doing a lot of things in this film. Who picked, did I pick this movie or did you pick this movie? I think I picked this movie. How'd you pick this movie? I forget. <laughs> I think because we were trying to, I thought we were trying to do people's first whatever movie. And I'm pretty I, I did sure bring this up. is uh, Spike Lee's first, like, big, big movie. His first feature, period. Yeah. It's his first feature, period. And you're absolutely right. I did say let's do first movies, and I think it's a trend that I'm going to try very hard to keep up with, although I, I don't know. I don't know if I'll be able to do it, but I'm going to try to keep up with it. But There's, uh, only so, there's only for, so many firsts that are worth actually talking about and watching. I will say, I, I don't know how you feel about Spike. I... I from what I've seen, he's pretty polarizing. But yeah, no, for sure. This for was sure. one of the few Spike Lee joints that I haven't seen yet. That you have not seen yet. Oh, uh, you know what? I I have to agree with you. I I've seen a lot of Spike Lee joints. I didn't. I have not seen this one. I, I've seen so many. I've seen some of his like B cuts that like people don't even talk about anymore. But but yeah, I I make sure I, I certainly make sure to catch a Spike Lee joint. I I haven't seen this one, and I think it's because. In my ignorance as a youth, it was black and white. It, it was like honestly, I think that's the only thing that kind of <laughs> took like like that's just it. took me off of it. I, I think so, but but like it came at a time where I was already in the, the Spike Lee rabbit hole, but I was mm-hmm. only moving forward. Like I went from 
I went from, I almost said, what's love got to do with it? I went from do the right thing. And then it's like moved forward. I never decided to go back to yeah. she's got to have going back to this one. It definitely feels like a, like a film school film. Yo, you, you stole the words out of my mouth. 100%. <laughs> Which is not a bad thing. It's just like between the editing and the black and white and like the story structure, you're like, Oh yeah, this is definitely like, I'm going to make a film film. I mean, let, let's be completely clear. This is 1986. Like, it's his first film. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't have the, the timeline in front of me of, like, Spike Lee's life. But he, he definitely couldn't have been outside of film school much oh, no, no. at all. So, uh, fun, uh, you j- jump in ahead of my fun facts. <laughs> apparently, apparently, well, the budget was really small. So, this was shot in 12 days, which I think we all know, right? Like, by watching this film, you're like, this did not have a budget. Yeah. <laughs> But I said, whenever the cast broke for lunch, uh, Spike Lee would tell them not to throw away the soda cans so he can go recycle them for money. <laughs> which is which is insane. It's insane. I don't know. Like, I don't know how big the crew was. I don't know what the actual budget was. But but he, yeah, he was penny pension, which I'm okay with. Honestly, it makes me really happy for Spike because his most recent movie, The Five Bloods, is such a big production. They're in Vietnam. They're traveling the world, all these crazy right. yeah. sequences. It's that, that, that's certainly got to be, and I don't know this for a fact, but that's certainly got to be like the biggest budgeted movie that he's made. And he's only been going from, he's. I feel like he's only been going from uh, like big budget to big budget. But, but yeah, I don't know, maybe Black Klansman was a, was a bigger budget. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Still, I, I listen. I'm, I I was excited. <clears throat> this again, this is something I haven't seen, but I was excited because, first of all, the things that the things that Spike Lee has directed that that's not his own stuff, the stuff that he's not known for, mm-hmm. like like looking at his credits and following his career, you it, it's kind of incredible. And I think people, I think he, yes, he is polarizing. And I think when he does his own movies, you know, it's a Spike Lee joint and everything else. But just look at just let, let me just. Let me just look at just let me just run down some of these credits for you. Well, first of all, he did Michael Jackson's Michael Jackson documentary. No one talks about that. He directed, it says on his IMDb, directed NBA 2K16. <laughs> I don't I don't know how that works. I think that's, like the cinematics. That's the best one. <laughs> I think it's just the cinematics within the game, which is fair. Cause I think LeBron James produced the the 2020 version, maybe one of the versions. He directed like he directed some stand-up from Gerard Carmichael and Cat Williams, a Kelly Rowland video game. It looks like maybe. Like he, like he sorry. My, my point is that like he just does so much. Like apparently he's just directing a lot of stand-up and Michael Wait, Jackson stuff. I mean, can you go back to the Kelly Rowland video game? Sure. I <laughs> <laughs> no no. Uh, I was give me give me a second. There uh, we go. Like Kelly has a video game and Michelle doesn't. Where's this world coming? <laughs> I, I have no information on what this game is. <laughs> Hold on, I got I gotta ask Google what's happening. I have no information. It says Kelly Rowland, semicolon, the game. That's that's all I got. <laughs> oh, it could oh it could be a, it could be it could be a music video. Oh, okay. That makes sense. It could be a music video called The Game. Okay, all of this checks <laughs> out. That makes sense. <laughs> They're hoping that there was a Kelly Rowland video game. <laughs> I can only apologize for not knowing that 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 could have been a song and a music video. Back to, back to this, though. I mean, listen, she's got to have it. In 1986, it got him a Cannes Film Festival uh, Award for, for it says, Award of the Youth from a foreign filmmaker or a foreign film. 
He got a new generation award from the film, LA film critics. He got best feature and best female lead. He won best feature, best first feature. And Tracy Camillo Johns was nominated for best female lead in the independent spirit awards in 87. And of course this was inducted into the national film registry in 2019. Wow. 2019. That is last year, two, two years ago. Like this film has had such an impact on people. And while watching it, I got to tell you, my first thoughts while watching it was, I don't know if I like this movie. <laughs> like almost, almost immediately, I was like, I don't know if I like this movie. And I think for some of the reasons that we talked about before of this feels like a student film, this feel, and, and again, saying student film doesn't feel bad, but it wasn't refined. And it wasn't refined because, again, another fun fact is that they weren't doing retakes. They weren't doing multiple takes of things. Yeah, so when, like, especially when, like, when Spike Lee's character Mars is all like, please, baby, please, baby, 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 baby please. Like, first of all, that line has been everywhere in the 90s. I I, I remember growing up and, and hearing that continually and not knowing exactly where it was from. But like, that line was only there because Spike Lee forgot the line and then just said, like, came out of that and just kept it in. So like, even mess ups like that was just there. Yeah, what, what, were, what were some of your first impressions of this? The structure kind of threw me off. When you say you were like not sure whether you liked it or not, that was the main thing that I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. I, I, I came upon around. Talking to you, I forgot. What's up? I said upon talk upon upon you saying that, like I had forgot that that was even part of the whole thing, the whole deal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, it's the story of Nola Darling and her three suitors. Yeah, and it's intercut with first-person interviews with them, but even those interviews start to bleed over one another, and I think that's when it kind of sold me. Is when I think Jamie's doing his interview in the park, and Mars comes through, and he's like, "You still talking to them about her, man?" And he's just like, "All right, let's get let's like get a drink later. Let's hang out. Let's go to a game." I think that like seeing the relationship between the fellow guys outside of Nola. I was like, all right, this is pretty, I like it. I I love that you're like, that's what hooked me. And it happened like three quarters of the way into it. Oh yeah, the movie. that was like pretty deep in. I mean, it's an hour and a half movie. So that was like not too bad. But I, um, no, yeah, I agree with you. Just the on. way that he sets up these guys to interact with each other. Because honestly, their relationship isn't something where they should be interacting with each other. Yeah. So like that, the fact that, she invited them all to Thanksgiving dinner and it's the four of them just sitting there in awkward silence. Oh, so good. That must be the worst Thanksgiving ever. Why would you? That's Nola. <laughs> Nola Darling has big dick energy. Yeah, for real. She, <laughs> she was like, I'm inviting everyone over. One of you gets to stay. Figure it out. Uh, I think, like I think it's really coming. funny. I, I, I enjoy it, it. I did. Like I said, I kind of forgot that that was even part of the structure because it felt it, honestly, it felt pretty natural. It, it felt pretty natural to me. I think the beginning bits where, I think like the first, like when we get the introduction of the three guys, for instance, I, I forgot what order it came in, but Jamie, Jamie was like, when I saw her, I had to have her, blah, 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 blah. And he starts talking some more. And then like, we finally get to the scene. We get to see what happened when they met. Mm. And then I was like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to hear a summary about what we're about to watch. And then, watch the thing that we're going to watch, you know, watch what he just said. So I didn't like that, but I appreciated that. I, I appreciated the, I did appreciate the structure of it all of like, I think it sets up a bit of trust. 
You know what I mean? I think it was like, here I, here I am telling you what happened. Now I want you to watch and see what happened. And, you know, like, he, I think it was Jamie who was like, yeah, like, like Nola was being all honest with me because that's just the kind of person that she is. And like, it, it builds her character in such a way of like, what, what we're seeing from her is exactly what she thinks. Because she will never, like, she's not going to lie. She doesn't lie to herself until the end, of course. But, but she's not she, she's not in the business of of lying about things. All guys know about each other. They know exactly what's going on, which actually did confuse me for a bit because I was like, wait, but before they actually all met up, I was like, wait, do they know about each other? Do, yeah, like, like, do when, they know that one she's of them and the other one, like they're he's, she's in bed with one of them and they're like, oh, who's that on the phone? And she's just right. straight up like, oh, it's Mars. He was wishing me happy birthday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he wanted to come over. I said it was too late. <laughs> it was like, wait, <laughs> no, if it was earlier, you would have told her to come? That's real. It's so funny. I think that, yeah, that that trust like really lends to liking the characters a lot more. Like I, absolutely. I had my I had my opinions about who should be with Noah or like how things should have played out, but I didn't dislike any of the any of any of them. You're they're so open that you're just like, all right, well, I know who you are. Like you're able to take everything at face and not at, like deeper than face value. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely, and 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 I, I appreciate that. I, I think I think once you get on board with what kind of what's happening with its structure, and you get to see that what you're seeing is kind of what you get, and you build that trust with everyone. That I think you're absolutely right. You get to you get to build up those opinions, and you get to go like, of course. Like, I I don't I don't know what you think about this, but oh no, that was a dream because I was like, yo, the, the baby mama who was like, I'm pregnant with Mars's baby, and I've been alone for two months already. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just flipped everything on its head. You're just like, oh wait, everyone, everyone's not everyone has this great situation that Nola has. In fact, <laughs> she's fucking it up for three other women. Oh my god, so perfect. I I I thought that was perfect, and the fact that it's a dream doesn't make it less true, right? Oh, like, of course, these like like these men weren't dating other people, which is the crazy part. The crazy thing about this movie is that for once it's guys, I mean, of course this is the eighties and blah, blah, like just go back in time for a second. But for guy, for it's like for once the guys aren't the ones going around dating multiple people and dogging out women, blah, blah, blah. It's the woman who has all of this power, so much power that it's bringing the men to their knees and like begging for be- begging to be with her. I think even if we saw this now, it would be like a little progressive or a little, I don't know the right word. It would be a little different. I mean, that's why the Netflix show like happened, the the reimagining of this movie. Did you ever watch that? I, I, I haven't watched it, but I actually am very interested in watching it. Yeah, I'm very interested in watching it now. And the reason I haven't gotten into it is simply because I haven't watched the movie, and I was like, I'm not going to get into the movie without watching the show. Uh, I, th- I think I think it makes sense, though, why, it, why of all his movies, that one would be the one who they want to turn into a show in the 2010s. What one? I, so I watched a trailer. I watched a trailer for for the for the show, and I think she's talking to the therapist, and, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm a pansexual, polyamorous, blah 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 blah." And for me, even watching that, I was like, "Wait, is she?" 
because uh, in in the movie it was never established that like she's polyamorous because like, I, I don't think dating multiple people makes you polyamorous and i think mm. i think when you when you hear it from a guy saying okay you have an issue like you have you have an issue by wanting sex so much or wanting so much sex and wanting to be with whomever you want to be with i'm like again 2020 version of me is like so like isn't isn't she just dating like it, it, also, she, she, had, I don't, I don't, she had the best comeback for that she's just like all right then i'm gonna have stop having sex with everyone you included and he was like all right well hold on let's not be let's not be rash hold on let's think about this i mean how can you beat it really so yeah so yeah, I, I do think a show definitely allows you to explore the characters uh so much more because if if that's the intention if the intention or you know i, I don't think the label i don't think those labels were there in the mid 80s of like being polyamorous without it being like being you know a part of some cult or something like that yeah uh or it just even accepted because you know the seventies did exist, but you know what I mean. It wasn't like this widely accepted label, you know, about your sexuality. So I, I do think it's interesting to be able to go back now and watch that and see what what happens. Because no, no, you finish. Go on. Like like you said, when we do see it, it's usually not the women, the woman who has all the power, and she has all the power in this relationship. All of it. All of it. What I was gonna say was, I think, I think. Now that I'm saying out loud, those like interviews that we're having, it's, it's just like it's all character studies, right? It's all studies of of not only these relationships, but who these people are. And I don't think we get that a lot in. And I think this is the reason why this movie is so popular and struck a chord with so many people. I don't think we get a lot of that in in general in in film, but we definitely don't get that when it comes to black film. Mm. And Listen, I, I, I don't know, and we'll get down to it later, but I don't know if I see this film as being anything spectacular, but I do think for what it does and the amount that, and I, I think what I'm learning is that as someone who's open and like liberal and whatever else and like can accept a lot of different things, I don't think I've accepted that people aren't as open as I am. <laughs> so while, while I see this and I'm shrugging my shoulders, like, like, sure, sure, like sure, she wants to date three people. There are still people today who think that's insane for a woman to do let alone well people think that's okay with men period but people think that's insane for a woman to do let alone like a black woman to do but yeah i i think i really need to accept that the idea that people aren't as open so so yeah like, like let me like would you date would you date a woman who's dating other people like would you see that as a problem if she told you she had a face i think i i'd be cool with it like if it was as open and communicative as their situation i think i i i'm i hesitate to say i'd be like cool with it but i definitely wouldn't be like Ugh. like i would definitely be like all right well let's let's talk about it let's figure out uh yeah. the rules as they are i i'd like to think i it, it, again i i'd like to think i'd like to think if i was in that situation and you were that honest with me i'd be like Okay, just don't tell me about them. Like I, I would again, I wouldn't sit at a, at a Thanksgiving table with them. Yeah, there are moments the, the like, like again the phone thing where he's like, "You want me to answer that?" I would never be like, "Yeah, you want me to answer that?" <laughs> Knowing who was on the other line. I, I I think it's really funny when I just like you say when Mars was like, "Yo, Jamie, let's go to a Knicks game, all right? You gonna call me, right? You gonna call me, right? You gonna call me, right?" <laughs> It was so sweet. He was just like, oh, why can't we hang out? We know each other. We got one thing in common. 
I think it's I, it, I think that just goes to show that these again it's a character study it's such a study of character that it's it, it makes so much sense that this is an independent film this makes so much sense that this is a film that broke out Spike Lee because it's all about character and also you and start I, to see little spike things which I love like the oh my gosh like the yes. tracking zoom shot his, yeah. his dolly zoom that he's known for the yep. people talking to camera like these little things that are clearly not perfected yet and he's like just playing around with structure and style yeah but like seeing how far he has come it's so cool to see the inception of a lot of these techniques that he uses and like in a lot of in a lot of his movies it's like he has a lot of pictures to illustrate things which Mm -hmm. i think is really fun i just just the thought that he's going to stop the movie to show you a photo for five seconds. And he does that continually through this film, which I think yeah, is really just fun. Yeah, just throws I mean, like it, a voiceover over it without much yeah. context. But by the end, you're like, oh, I didn't know I needed that. I, exactly. I didn't know I needed that, but it also helped the story go along somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I certainly have like watching some of his trademarks. And listen, there is something to say about just having style in a movie. Like having style from a director... Like, again, he does polish it, and maybe certain things don't happen in all of his movies, but they certainly are part of his like signature look. But I think we, I think we attribute to other directors, like we like to call out like Christopher Nolan or like Wes Anderson or or whomever about like their style. But I, I, I truly think, and I think much like Tarantino, who doesn't get a lot of like, like when it comes to awards, I don't think he gets the both of them get credit for having a unique style that is different from everyone else. There's oh, nothing yeah. wrong and, with being like everyone else. Well, that's why Go it's on. weird because Spike Lee, I feel like, is pretty polarizing. Like, people either love him or hate him, which I always yeah. found weird because feel how you will about him. You, If there's anything you could say, he knows his style. Like, he has that shit locked down. Absolutely, I, I, and, I, and I think, and I think, and, and I brought Quentin Tarantino into the mix. But I think what what that has to do with, and I think why he's so polarizing, is it because of his movies? I think it's because of him, exactly. And I think, I think, obviously, he's doing okay. He's like he's making movies, are getting distributed. Like I think people respect him as a filmmaker. But I think, like I, 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 I truly don't know how to explain it other than like he's someone who speaks his mind. I don't think he's saying anything bad, but I think we are used to people being like even right now when we talk about no Christopher Nolan talking out against HBO about Wonder Woman and you know just anyone talking out about some sort of like heinous thing that they've experienced or witnessed in in Hollywood that that just doesn't happen and i think spike lee is someone who from the very beginning was like yeah i'll, I'll do this interview with jimmy fallon not that he, i'm not sure if he ever has but, or you know he did he did an interview with charlie rhodes for uh, for one of his movies and like spent half of it talking about basketball <laughs> that's just not something you do but of course of course now we have like carpool karaoke to promote your new album like you know what i mean like now we have these fun ways but it just wasn't translated into something that was acceptable when he was already doing it not that he's some sort of rebel but i think he as a personality is like quite unique in himself yeah i can't think of many other directors who 
are who could get banned from MSG <laughs> like he did last season. Oh gosh, yo, I, I, I'm actually we should keep a, a fucking count on on Spike Lee's usage of like conversations about basketball being snuck into <laughs> to films because I. <laughs> I think when he's writing, he's like, man, I fucking hate those Celtics. And then like that becomes a four-page scene about the Celtics. H- hilarious. What else do I have here? Oh, I got a question. It's, it's actually quite... Who are you? Are you more of a, a Greer Ooh. or a Jamie or a Mars? <laughs> I think person. <laughs> because I think I'm a bit of a composite. I think I'm a bit of a composite. I, I think I want the finer things in life. Like, I, it might, by finer things, meaning I want better for myself than what I had growing up when things mm-hmm. weren't in my control. However, I think I'm much more level-headed and, like, on, the, on like, the relationship side, I'm much more like Jamie. But on the, per, on the personality side, I'm much more like Mars. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think everyone... I think... Because even when I was watching it, I was like, oh, I saw a little bit of myself in him. I saw a little bit of... <laughs> I almost hesitate to admit this, but I wrote plenty of poems for girls in college. And when no, Jamie starts reading I his have. poem, I was like, oh, sweet Lord. <laughs> Flashback to sophomore, junior year. Oh, gosh. I'm, I'm but so yeah, I, I agree. I, I like to think of myself as a Mars. I, um, speaking of, of poems, I... I wrote this girl a poem. She was like two years older than me. But you know when you're young, two years is just so much older. Uh, <laughs> wrote this girl a poem. She went on like a school trip to like Italy. And like like we had just started. We didn't even just start something. But like, you know, it, it was, something, something was happening. She went away, came back. And she was like, I got a boyfriend. And it just destroyed me. <laughs> destroyed me like like the, the way she appreciated the, the 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 letter that i wrote her the poem that i made it was like like i can tell that she felt it but it was some italian bastard who just got to her first and it was you know what probably happened she showed him the poem but, and he read it to her and it is italian oh no <laughs> oh no is that what happened oh you know i'm gonna ask her my my roommate always tells the story i think he was in like middle school and he wrote this girl a poem, but it was really just dashboard confessional lyrics. <laughs> and it worked. And she was like, oh, my God, yes. I'll... Let's be together forever. Are they still together? No, not at all. God, no. Wait, is all this right, the I one that I met? Or no? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Go on. What were you going to say? Not that this was, like, from, like, middle school. Oh, gotcha. Another question. Fuck, yeah. Mary kill. Jamie Greer, Mars. If I had to, I, are you making me? Yeah. I'm how about it. you go first? No, how All about right, you go uh, first? I, I honestly, I had answers, and then when they show Jamie and Nola having sex, I changed my answer because okay. Jamie is terrible in bed. That was hard to watch. <laughs> You're talking about the aggressive, quote unquote, near yeah, rape scene. Like, is that correct? I, I, okay, so it's a super unfortunate scene. It's super unfortunate. And the way I'm saying it like that is because I think, I, I think it shouldn't overshadow the rest of the film. And Spike Lee was like, Spike Lee did say he regret, he regretted it. And he said this before, like, you know, the current times and, and sexual abuse and all that stuff. That said, I don't know if I can uh, go. Actually, I still want to hear your answer before I oh, ask. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck Greer. 
kill Jamie, marry Mars. I want some. I want some fun in my life. Yeah, but see, here's the thing: is it established that Mars is a one woman kind of guy? Because otherwise, I'm with you. Otherwise, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm essentially with you. Because Jamie's dependable, so I'm like, eh, you know, go, I'll go for the security. However, That's what I got too, but then that that whole that sex scene really threw me off because I was like, oh, I don't want, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want that. I don't want it this one time or forever and ever. Ever, yeah. And then you know, Greer, it just it, it depends on how much you can put away with. You know, he, he's gonna he's gonna you know divorce me if I if I get fat per his words. So yeah, it seems too much too much. Greer is too high pressure, but I'm sure he'd wine and dine me for one night. That's true. <laughs> That's true. This is taking a strange turn. This is one of the most interesting conversations about movies we've ever had. I told you I had something to say. And you did. I have. Uh, my, what I have you, literally verbatim in my notes, capital letters. I do not want to bang Jamie. I I can appreciate those notes. Uh, I do not have anything like that. What do you think about the Wizard of Oz scene? Uh, sorry, I said, I'm calling it Wizard of Oz. What I mean is the in color scene. Wait, what in color scene? There's only one. Well, there's only one scene that's in color. It's Vanilla's birthday, and they go to that park that's next to Tavis's house. And oh my god, the dancers. I was so captivated with the dancing and like just how abrupt that scene was and how beautiful yeah. it was that I literally forgot that it was in color. I love that scene. I think that was such a great way to like not liven it up because it was like not a boring movie, but to just break it up and have this kind of respite. I thought it yeah. was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was think? it was such a it was such a long it was such a long like it was it it was a music video for better or worse it was a music video that was happening for us which is just so happened to have some inserts of Nola and and Jamie I definitely appreciated it I, I was startled to see I was startled just by how the shots work of her clicking her heels to then like the obelisk and you know then the you know coming down and and showing the dancers but I actually didn't even I didn't even register the color until. I registered the color. And the same thing when it went back to black and white. I didn't even register that it went back to black and white. And so I was like, oh, yeah, that's different. And yeah, I, I had so, to stop it. And then You're so taken aback by yeah. the dancing that you're just like, oh, okay. I stopped it. And I wrote some notes. And I was like, I, I have to write this down because it's so strange. And it reminded me of, uh, it reminded me of Putney Swope. I, 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 don't, I, don't remember, I don't remember being jarred by, by those commercials that were in color. Mm. And it was just like, you can tell this was on film. So like the, the colors were so punchy and in your face and... Like, I think when you realize them, you're like, damn, this is what they look like in color? Like, it was why can't I just like, see them black and white? Very vibrant, vibrant colors. It kind of, I don't know. I mean, it definitely makes it feel more, quote unquote, film school-y. Like just having yeah. this more or less unexplained dance number in the middle. But it does reframe the black and white in a way that I think... I don't know, kind of, you trust it more. Like we were saying with trusting the character. Right. You're like, oh, okay, I know what this world is. I'm going to go with it. Well, exactly. And I, think, and I think what this really took away, and I'm not, I'm not going to completely try to analyze it, but I think what this took away was an actual sex scene. Like there, there are plenty of sex scenes in this film, but I think what we saw was just how in love Jamie was, was with Noah. Right. Like, like if there was like an expression of love, like this was it. Right. Like this was like him going headfirst and 
and momentarily coming out of it and floating up above the clouds. And of course, right after the scene, we get right back into it. And I think this may, this could possibly be the one of the only scenes where we're not talking about her being in a relationship with somebody else. Mm. It, it definitely um, felt a little like Amelie. Like yes. Yeah. Very happy, lush, vibrant movement, music, like very emotionally charged scene exactly and it was really good really quickly another fun fact that i have because I, I don't have many notes enough so I'll, I'll let you go on with whatever you, whatever else you have but according to the imdb martin scorsese taught spike lee film in nyu I, when did he have time to do that when did he have time to do that and of spike course lee was spike, at I, I think, NYU, what, early 80s late 70s this is this is early 80s it's, it's quoting it's quoting the 80s to me so Wow. And of course, and, and I believe he still does it, but Spike Lee teaches at, at NYU as well. I don't think he's like a regular teacher in, in terms of like, I'm going to sign up for Professor Lee's class, yeah. but like, you know, every semester. But I think like if, if you're in like the right moment, you can, you can sign up for one of these classes. But it just upsets me that like this is the era, just kind of like how like, you know, you and I went to UCB and we, we both, we like, we both went to UCB at a time, like right before the greats left to LA mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, these people who are teaching, you know, and now our TV screens and movie screens are, you know, were, were either teaching us or, or had just left. So it's just really interesting that, I don't know. I, I, I am going to try my hardest to surround myself with more people who do the things that I do. And I think that's really hard to do. Like, you know, you and I found each other we found like our, our, our little group of people, but I, I think it's really hard to find yourself around a really good collaborative group of people who are your taste of persons. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, I think there's, I think there's a lot of fortune from being able to find filmmakers who are actually working and not just writing books or trying to sell you some course about how to do the thing that you want to do. Yeah. Um, which is like the whole reason, like for the film festival that, you know, that, that we do here is just like, I, I want people to, I want people to have a community and a space to not only show their work, but, meet people who are doing the exact same things that they're doing because like sure i, I don't know what this budget is but or like for she for she's got to have it but I, but a 12-day shoot is completely doable yeah and it's like pretty low production like everything about this movie and i forget where i was going with that sentence but it it's so doable it's like a couple sets with a bedroom and like minimal i mean there's four speaking roles pretty much that's about it I mean, yeah essentially <laughs> essentially and like there's a few outliers according to imdb which gets it from i think wikipedia which gets it from whomever else uh, the budget was one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. but dan dan before you say anything it made 7.1 million dollars at the box office but um if, if if i told you we had to create this film like with you me and tabis and jovan and Michelle, I, want, I, I think you give me 12 days of everyone's schedule where they actually didn't have to think about, you know, their day jobs. Mm-hmm. We could do this. Oh, we could do it on 2000. Real, like, real talk, real talk. If I got everyone to like, if you didn't have to pay for everyone's like current job, I don't know. I don't know. It just, it just seems I, so easy. I think that's, that's what makes it, when I, I keep saying it feels like a film school film, I say yeah. that in the most endearing way because it achieves so much while still being a low budget, low production film. 
that and right. I think that and I personally I think that makes it so much more impressive because you're like, damn, you were able to do all that in an hour and a half, twelve days, one hundred seventy five thousand four. That's crazy. Main characters, and you made me feel this. Way to go. And and I think I think this is the infamous film where Spike Lee was like, I just I went into credit card debt and did everything I could to make this film. I, like I think mm. this is the one where like you get you know you just hear those independent film stories where they're like, I just went into debt. Thing, I'm investing in myself and I'm taking this risk. Right. Right. It's it's great. It's absolutely great to do that. It's I think it's absolutely great to do that. I don't suggest it for everyone because I will not be responsible for anyone's finances. But I, I think if you have the ability to spend time and money in other ways, like fuck it, like just go for it. Just go for it because there are a lot of people. Listen, myself included, who just talk about making things and end up not making them for whichever reason. And sometimes you need to take that risk. And whether that's getting a little bit of money, like one hundred and seventy-five. Okay, or you know the two grand that we're gonna do to put together our twelve day <laughs> shoot. She's still yeah. We're gonna do a se- we're gonna do a sequel, but ignoring with the Netflix series. Uh, we're just gonna add um, a yeah, person. Anyways, um, add, just gonna add another person to their thruple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Instead of three, there's four. <laughs> that's the that's the tagline. Yo, I'm all about it. Then we're at forty minutes, so let's wrap this baby up. Unless you have anything else to add. The only other note I had that I didn't mention was I saw a lot of parallels to Gilmore Girls with Rory's decision Go between on. Logan, <laughs> Dean, and Jess. Saw a lot of similarities between these three guys and those three guys. Then uh, this is why we're friends. This is this is exactly why we're friends. And and I am someone who understands exactly the reference that you're making. So oh, yeah. I, I hear you. I, I I agree. I agree with you. Holy. Oh, yeah, team just all the way. I'm upset about this wholly, and I think that I need some retribution, and I will not... Yo, for, it, Logan and Dean are the worst people in the world, so I don't Terrible. care what anyone says. I'll say I I hated Logan and Dean more than I hated Greer and Jamie. Re- Honestly, real talk. <laughs> At least Greer and Jamie had redeeming qualities. <laughs> that, that's what we'll do. We'll do... She's still got to have it with... No, we should just get those actors and have them play. It'll be a white, she's still gonna have it. Nope, I regret this already. Nope, once I say it out loud. Yo, I, I, I have nowhere else to go after it's a she's, it's a white, she's still gonna have it. Uh, anyways, <laughs> let's, let's wrap this up. I'm, I'm gonna make this super short and simple for all the reasons that we talked about. I, I think this is required, but I'll, give, I'll repeat myself a bit. I think this is one of those films, like, any Quentin Tarantino film or Robert Rodriguez earlier films where you go, this is a, this is the film that allows me to go into debt or, or, you know, take that risk in whatever way, shape or form to make the movie that I have in mind. And I think that's important. I think it's important to see that, I mean, listen, this is someone on a, on a film camera. So like the production cost alone on this is insane, but imagine like going out with a, you know, a Canon T2i, for example, and then just shooting something like this. Like mm-hmm. it's, it, the cost is insane. And when I think about that, it inspires me to do something else. I'd like to do, to do, to film more. That said, and trying to take that away from like my, like the inspiration that it gives me. I think you don't see characters like this often, let alone people of color, of, of like any color. And, like, and, and we just joked about it, but in all seriousness, how often do you even get to see a white woman have this much power over men? 
and I, I don't want to see that, by the way. And I'm sure it exists, but I don't want to see that. I, yeah, and so I think I think what it does about like its character studies and talking about like the black experience in a way that isn't about pimps and hoes and like this like very stereotypical like slaves or, or 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 crime or anything like that is is something to me that's refreshing to see that comes out of the mid '80s, let alone now. And I think that's why this the Netflix series is so popular. I'm not sure if I canceled or what. I'm not sure how that works, but I imagine that's working around Spike Lee's schedule. So it's infrequent, if not already canceled. I truly don't know. But yeah, I, I think I, I think overall it's inspiring, and I'm not, and I, I don't think it's insp- inspiring because it's a black film and I am black. I think it's inspiring because it's someone who is doing something so simple and doing it really well. So maybe like trying to see it the other way. I don't know how you're gonna go, uh, Dan, but trying to see it the other way. Like, is it the most mind blowing story in the world or mind blowing production in the world? Or like, are you going to get a lot out of it? And like the same way you may have gotten some of the, of the other films that we've talked about, maybe not. But I think if we're talking about filmmaking and how to move forward, I think being able to go with a very simple story, being able to go with complex characters and, and strip down resources, like this is a true example of that. And I think you'd be remiss to watch this movie and not take that away. Ditto. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I uh, agree with everything you said. I'm going to piggyback and say, yes, it's required. I like that you what you just said with that little formula. Simple story, complex characters, boom. Like that's it. It does seem like it's overly simplifying it, but the way that Spike is so honest with his characters, or like the way that the characters themselves are honest with each other and to the audience, I think definitely lends itself to being more invested in what's going on. But yeah. this this movie is like a perfect example of how to do a lot with a little and how mm-hmm. just... It's not as easy as saying just doing what you want, but seeing your vision through is a good example of that working, like, best-case scenario. <laughs> yeah, it's just... It's a great first step, and I think it's important to see to see that growth and to see like, oh, I could do that. Or, oh, I can't do that. But I see how he did. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree with all of this. And I, I think, I think, and listen, I, I, I did say last year that we should do more films with like first, first films from filmmakers or actors or whomever it is that are classics. I think I thought about this idea after Alien. But, but the, like the reason why I thought about this is because I, I don't think anyone gets behind a camera or gets in front of the camera and goes, this is going to be a masterpiece. I, I don't think this is Spike best film. I, I just don't. Oh, no. But, I, but a film like this is going to put you in the eyes of someone. And this is something that we talk about quite often when, when we're talking about filmmaking. About like, my, my thing is just make it. Like It may not be the best thing in the world, but it, it'll be something and you can't call yourself a filmmaker if you're not making films. So you have to do that. But yeah, I, listen, Dan, I really enjoyed this conversation. This is one of the longest spot episodes that we've done. And, for, and we talked for one of the shorter movies too. Exactly. Which is insane. But as I hold my super eight camera in my hand, I'm going to bid you adieu and I will see you next week. All right. Bye. Later. Later.